The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This, this is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Motion with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Motion on the socials, go there, join the militia. What do you got, a bottle? Live on Twitter X, Spaces X, Spaces, Twitter Spaces. At some point, maybe. Uh, the first cardiac use game of the season is a W. Quartier drops a three at the buzzer, assisted by Mintz. It was a great look by Mintz. It was a great catch by Quartier, quite honestly, and uh, a great shot. And Miami head back, heads back to the sunshine uh, with, a, with an L. And um, they led most of that game, and um, that must really suck for them to get beat at the buzzer. Um, when the game tied 72 to 69, you'll hear from us and we'll hear from you and fan feedback, but just a couple of things real quick. We meant to talk about, um, Kevin, uh, Darton who has entered the transfer portal and, um, you know, undersized guy who, who, I mean, gave it his all all the time. And, um, it was quite impressive actually. I mean, um, despite the fact that, you know, it wasn't really a natural look for him, but hey, man, he started out as a damn walk on, yeah, and then he earned exactly. a scholarship and yeah. became a starter. So, uh, I mean, he's definitely going to get a look somewhere else. You know, it's yeah, it's just I felt like he, you know, well, I mean, you know, I get things are changing, right? So, um, that's the know, thing is we're going down, we're playing different defense now, and you've seen some of the defense alignment that we've gotten as far as you know, transfers like Fadil Diggs and, um, some some just some big bigger guys, you know, uh Tank Tank Wilson, you know, Deion Wilson who's you know, six five, three hundred pounds. I mean, between junior college and I think we just got another one, uh defensive lineman transfer from um Alabama, who's like six four, six five, like two ninety, two ninety five. So I mean we've already gotten three guys between transfer portal and junior college guys that are up near the two ninety to three hundred at six four, six five. And those are the those are the type of guys, you know, you want in uh in the defensive line <clears throat> in the trenches. Especially now that we're going back to a four man front instead of a three three five. So our defense is completely changing. And Isaiah Hastings, he was the other news really since um we last talked football that was the uh D line transfer from Alabama. So uh yeah, it's coming together. And I don't know where we're at with scholarships anymore. I know we were negative two at one point, but um, I think I feel like we sh- that's probably about where we're still at. So it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, so a big win for the unranked women's basketball team, who will, I would imagine be ranked on Monday, I would think. 
I would hope. I mean, unless but, they lose this after they're currently right, playing yes, Pittsburgh that's right. right now. Yes. So. Um, I, I don't expect that to be a loss, but I will say that uh, aren't both the men in the women's team are undefeated in the Dome, I believe, currently. So, yeah. um, you know, if everything goes well today against Pitt, uh, I, I would expect them to be ranked. They beat um, Florida State. Was Florida State seventh or something like that? What were they? I don't know. I know that they've beaten Florida State and they've beaten Notre Dame this year as far as ranked uh, opponents. So Right. And Daisha Fair, but she uh, was, I think, among 16 uh, NCAA college women athletes, who, uh, basketball players who have eclipsed the 3,000-point mark. So, And she was an integral part in, in getting, that, getting that win against Florida State coming back after how many, Joe? 18? Yeah, I believe they're down 18 at one so, point. Yeah. Um, so shout out to them. I, I would expect them to be ranked soon. We don't, we don't really cover women's basketball because well, we don't, we barely have time to cover what we cover. So right. anyways, yeah, they'd look to 15 and two. Um, they're, they're really on a roll. Uh, they're fun to, to watch. I mean, as they get up and down, um, you know, I know that people have their own opinions about, you know, women's basketball and all that stuff, but I mean, they, they, they go up and down. They, they have a lot of depth, like the men's team, and, and they sub out a lot of a lot of players. Um, so, yeah, and Deja Fair, yeah, she's up there. What two, four, five? She's around like eleventh or twelfth now, all time scoring. Um, right in between um, Deladonna, and she just passed Maya Moore actually last week. Now, granted, she's got that extra COVID year, so she's got a little bit of a leg yeah, up, the, but the, still. It's, all, it's impressive one way or another. It, it is, but these past few years are gonna the all time this, the all time that, the, the all that stuff at best has an asterisk on it, and that's for all sports. That's no, that's yep, for absolutely. men's, women's, whatever. I don't care um, because there's just so much of that going on that it's just not the way it was when you know when we were kids. It was it was. Most likely four years, sometimes three in basketball, right? Right. Fo- yep. Football was four. It wasn't, you know what I'm saying? It was just, things have changed so much. And um, with basketball, especially because um, that's been going on a minute where, you know, you get these guys who stay and you get the redshirt year and all this stuff. And then um, you got guys in teams that are capable of retaining talent like Baycott for 20 years. You know, um, so it's just, it's just, there's a Miami player that's what, um, in his ninth ninth year. year. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, how do you get there? Has this guy got his, his doctorate yet or what? I mean, what's going on? So you add all of these nuanced things into, uh, to your, uh, collegiate career and here we are now and we're people are breaking records unsurprisingly but that's not to take anything away from anybody i'm just saying that there's more opportunity there right so anyway all right um okay i did i did finally get a uh, somewhat of a montage put together and what joe joe and i decided to try was to try to take this thing in chunks instead of playing the whole thing at once so that's what we shall do here we go let's hear what coach had to say following the uh a big win. I think it was a big win. Gets Miami. Here we go. Yeah. They ran it exactly the way I told them. Right when he came right out, I said, "Judah, get everybody to uh, get them to leave quad air and throw it across." But uh, no, it was a it was a great game. It was an exciting game. Um, we knew it was going to be a back and forth game. 
you know, we just talked about, uh, you know, not letting the runs get too big. Um, hence, I put a call, you know, more timeouts than I ever have called uh, this game, just trying to keep the game close because they're an explosive team. You know, they, they can make shots. You know, I, don't, I know the big fella wasn't there, but I thought they filled in admirably. I thought we did a really good job defensively for the most part on, on their three-point shooters, um, and, they, and they got going late. Um, but, you know, that's, it's, you know, that's an experienced team. But I'm just happy for our guys. I thought they battled. I thought they stayed with it. With a performance like this from JJ coming off another strong game against Pitt, what does this do for his confidence, you know, for the rest of the ACC slate? I hope it keeps his confidence up high and he keeps playing like that. But he's, he's again, these last two games, he's been locked in. Um, you know, he's he's not hesitating. He's very confident, and sure. You know, he came off of, you know, coming out of a timeout, came off a pin down and made a great lob pass to Malik. Um, so he's just out there making plays. And, again, I'm just happy. You know, if I got Judah and J.J. playing like that and everybody else feeling around, you know, it, it'll give us a chance every game. So, <laughs> oh, no. Jeez. Forgot to what? start the main recording. Good thing we got a backup. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good damn thing. Uh, so anyways, so JJ, you know, when I was watching this game, I couldn't help but think, man, how, you know, being a hometown kid, if we would have just got him and had him right from the get-go. I mean, he had some good games for Notre Dame, but, you know, he struggled at times. But to be in... Um, on this team with with the the most of these guys who were here last year and to be able to gel and um, you know it's taken a little bit of time he's he's kind of finding a shot he looks good doing it sixty percent from three I mean he I couldn't believe it I couldn't I couldn't believe that this dude's just firing off threes like this all of a sudden in the last two games what he's done has been um, I mean it's been tremendous so um, really happy to see him pulling that pulling that out but I've got to say man I wish that shoulda woulda coulda wish we had him here last year too so um you know it's one of them things it's like well well uh, yeah and and obviously I think that's a confidence thing more than anything else um but you know I really honestly I don't know I don't really care what it is at this point like the way that he's been playing with his confidence and shooting the mid-rangers and those three-pointers and that's exactly what we need um it just is another player to, to stretch the floor. And, yeah, I mean, I wish we would have had him last year, too. But he's here now. Uh, you know, maybe it, take, it took a little bit of time to maybe get some cohesiveness with playing alongside Judah and trying to figure it out. But, you know, we know that this is a younger team with a lot of new faces <clears throat> and a new coach and a new, you know, f- just philosophy the way they play. So, um this I, I still don't think that we've seen the floor. We see these guys getting better and better. I feel like every game. Yeah, it seems like uh, you know the rotation is down a little bit. I guess. Well, I mean McLeod's out, right? I did expect to see maybe Peter Carey in there. I feel like Malik got in a little bit of foul trouble early, but I was um, really hoping to see him get in there because I mean we really need a Peter Carey to get some more experience and get better. And, and yeah. I, I think um, if he can get into his own and, and kind of uh, get into the rhythm of things, and that's going to be tremendous seeing that we don't have a center going forward for the rest of the year. And um, I'm, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not the coach and he knows way more than I know. So um, the, the more he plays, I think the better he's going to get. And, you know, it'd be nice to get another guy into the rotation because we're at about seven right now. I mean, Cuff comes in a few minutes here, a few minutes there, and that's about it. But 
Um, the shot. So I, I, I did, did I say it to you or did we say it during the show where, uh, we were talking about that, uh, you know, we haven't had a cardiac game yet and that this was, this was a good one to, to pick, to be a cardiac game. Right. And, yeah. and, uh, but it didn't disappoint and it was right there the whole time too. It's like, you could see this thing brewing at the end and, um, man, I just got to say, you know, he misses the shot. We go into overtime. Okay. We don't know what happens, but for him, for Judah to be able to just be swarmed, get that pass off. And, and for Copeland to just grab that thing, I mean, that way he had to jump for that thing and mm-hmm. land and square up and shoot while defenders trying to close out on him and, and just swish the thing home um, was tremendous, dude. Uh, I was so happy for that dude. I mean, you could see he's got, I think when the broadcaster said, uh, you know, he's got, uh, well, it was Steven Dorf and Kevin, whatever his name is. Um Got the big, biggest smile in the NCAA, right, or on the team. But I, I'm right. telling you, that dude was just, you know, that's awesome. I was so, uh, you know, guys like Quadier, you just, uh, to see where he's, where he was and where he is now and just, you know, you love guys like that, like that type of character, that that type of, that, you know, that gritty, freaking doing it all, the, st- the stuff that doesn't make the stat sheets, the guy that keeps the, the bench... Um, the bench going, cheering from the sidelines guy all last year. You know, you love seeing that dude get out there and hit a game winner like that. I mean, th- nothing compares to that. It was awesome. I, I don't yeah. care. I don't care who it's against. So, um, and look, you know, the crowd got loud. The crowd got loud when the crowd should get loud. I wish the crowd would get loud when they really don't need to. But that place was loud. Anyways, I just my point is I couldn't be happier for, for Cordier in, in that shot. And of course, Mintz was was a part of that. Can't forget that. And uh, lost in the mix. Obviously, Mintz was supposed to get that ball, and he just got swarmed. And that's that's on Miami. Because here's what I was thinking. They're just going to – Mintz going to get the ball and try to draw a foul. I mean, there's hardly any time left on the clock. I mean, he, he, really, he really let it run down. Uh, it was under 10 seconds before he started doing anything. And right. then um, I figured go in, get, get, try to get the foul – I know, you know, it's tough to get that call. Refs don't like doing that, but it gives you a shot and throw something up and see what happens. But anyway, it, it didn't matter because he made the right decision off the quad ear and, and boom. So that was awesome. All right, here we go. Let's continue. Tough shooting day from Justin. What have you been telling him to keep him involved, keep him, him in the right mindset moving forward? Keep shooting. Take good shots. Play, be aggressive. Sometimes it's not even a shot. Sometimes it may be a drive to get you going, get to the foul line, you know, see the ball go in. You know, you know, we talk about that, but staying confident and just, you know, take your shots, you know, make your plays. Um, Taylor has been struggling. I mean, uh, you know, yesterday, one for five from the floor, oh, for four from three point. And, um, I again, you mentioned the confidence thing with JJ. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be it. I mean, we know he can do it. It's just he's not seeing it go in, and he's shooting. He's shooting a lot, and it's not. It's not boding well for him right now. I just think he's, he's kind of down, and um, you know, we need him. We need him. You want to talk about stretching the floor? If you get Starling out there, Bell, uh, Mince, and Taylor all going. Um, that's a problem for everybody. And, yeah. uh, and when, if, when Taylor, start, and I feel like Taylor will too. I mean, he's a, 
he's that guy. He's just, he's just not there. I mean, sometimes these things take longer to develop. I know he gets bagged on a lot online, um, which is, oh, you know, I, I don't think we should be doing that to our players. Like to that extent, to some of the stuff that I've seen, I mean, right. everybody's up for criticism, right? They're throwing themselves out there, but I mean, some of this stuff is a little bit much. Um, I think he'll get there. When I don't know, but the 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 sooner he does, the more dangerous we become. Obviously, so um, yeah. And with with Joe, with not being able to hit the outside shot much, except for the last couple of games, I mean, that's another. As we've seen the past two games, that's another dimension for Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that's helped him more than anything is is that he has been one of the one of the main you know stays as far as in the in the starting lineup in being a consistent rebounder. Um, you know, he's he's played pretty good defense and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you don't know if it's, like, again, it's probably a confidence thing, but then it's also, you know, you know, you look who he starts with, you know, and you got Starling and Judah and Chris Bell. Uh, I mean, maybe he looks at it like, um, I'm just going to play defense and just be that, like, try to be that team player, that glue guy, not worry about scoring as much because they don't need me to score because everyone else can score. I mean, you never know what what psychologically is going through a player's head, but um, I mean, we know we can that he can do it. We've seen him do it. Uh, we, we've heard people talk about how good his shot is, so um, I think more, more than anything, it's definitely confidence, but it's almost like he's like almost like he's trying so hard to just play defense and not mess up on defense and get rebounds. Uh, it's almost like he's almost like trying to hold on to his starting position. You know what I mean? I feel like he's pressing himself a little bit and he's probably putting a lot of pressure on himself to do things he needs to do and not make the mistakes defensively so that he does continue to start. But, you know, to what you said, you know, if Chris Bell or, or or Justin Taylor aren't hitting shots and doing what we need them to do and why why and do what the reason that the coaches got them out there, then they're gonna end up getting replaced by somebody else that just comes off the bench, you know? I mean that's just that's just the way of the world. But I think that his grasp on the starting position is getting a little bit smaller every game. Yeah, well I mean fourteen minutes, you know, that was um Benny got 16, put it that way. Yeah. So, yep. Um, yeah, it's going, it's, there's going to come a time where it's, it's the, the, the leash is, is been tightened up and it's going to come time where it's just, you know, they're going to have to make a decision on what's going to be best. I felt like speaking of Benny, I mean, you know, again, he played pretty good. It was for, for the minutes that he played, he didn't do too bad. I mean, he had three rebounds and assists, a couple points. Um, he did miss two from the free throw line, which was frustrating. I was thinking to myself, man, I hope that doesn't come back to bite us. So, um, yeah. and you know, I guess you don't want to blame any one thing, right? But of course, free throws, um, are just that they're that one thing that can compound and you could definitely look at it and say, well, if we had, you know, just a couple more of these, we'd have been good. Um, mm -hmm. they're uh, free, man. They're free throws. Next. Can you talk about how hard it is to come back in the game after sitting out of a good stretch and then getting Yeah, yeah it, it's hard, and I, and I gave him credit, and I tried to give him a little warning. Hey, man, I'm getting ready to put you back in the game, get your mind right. And uh, he said he was ready to go. Um, but, again, that, we, we talk about that. Um, when you're in the game, 
you know, obviously you're there. But when you get out the game, you got to stay in the game. You know, so, you know, I'll look at him. I, I think he stayed in the game. But when I came back to him, you know, he was ready to go. So I was very proud of him, especially, you know, like you said, sitting out that longer period to come in. And those were big shots. I was a big shot he made in the corner. I was a really big shot. So, uh, you know, I just give him credit of just staying with it, you know, maturing. Uh, talking about Chris Bell there, he did. He came, he came in and hit one big one. Um, there was a point there where we were just trading threes back and forth. And I mean, if you yeah. if you were gonna get if you were ever going to say, well, this game's gonna come down to whoever can make the most threes in this stretch of time that at the end of the game is gonna win, you would have just packed it up. You'd be like, well, it ain't gonna be Syracuse. And they did, dude. They came out and and they both both teams got hot at the same time. You know, Miami's a much better three point shooting team than what um they did yesterday. But yeah. again, uh, Syracuse again has done a, a fantastic job with the man defense to come out and actually make a big difference on these extremely good uh, three point shooters that you know. And they had they had four of them. Well, one was out, but they have they had they had four guys that that could three guys on the court at any given time that could do it. So, um, Chris Bell, like yeah. I said, uh, maybe it was it was a couple of shows ago. He's poised, dude. He he doesn't he doesn't get like flustered looking or anything like his body language is really good. He just he just is I think uh, I mean, it's a consummate professional man. He goes comes off the bench like that and and does what he does. Um that's awesome. It's good to see. I mean, I think he's definitely matured from last year. I Absolutely. mean, if you don't, if you remember, you know, when he got taken out, he had an he had a, oh, yeah. an issue with it. He wasn't great on the bench. Uh people questioned his defense. He, they questioned his rebounding ability, things like that. Um, and he still doesn't get, you know, crazy amount of rebounds, but we're not getting the same comments of just over and over again, him not getting a, a rebound in a game, right? Um, to turn around this year and see, I mean, sometimes, you know, he struggles against some players. You could see, you know, l- last night or yesterday at the end of the game, he struggled with George, um, who went and took him to the hoop two plays in a row, which is why we turned around and, and again, coach made a really good sub and put Kyle Cuff in there. Um, to kind of stop that, but yeah, man, he he plays a, a lot more aggressive defense. We've seen him get steals, get open, you know, fast break dunks, and we've seen him now um, multiple games, but now two games in a row where he sits for a little while and then comes in and gets he gets his number called near the end because we need we need him to hit a, a big shot and he and he does so definitely you know big jump between him I think first year. Um, and it wasn't. It's not even really talent. It was more effort and attitude. Effort, attitude, it was ad- turns attitude. Into, yeah, and then and then if you you know your attitude changes and you then you give more effort, and then that's where your confidence comes in, and that's where you see Chris Bell being able to do these things this year um, that he really didn't do um, last year. If, so. you, if you are going to be part of a team, I don't care if that's a a work team in in the environment that that I'm in at work or be, that you're in at work, Joe. If you have a team and you've got a couple guys with a bad attitude on that team, it brings everybody down. No matter how good they are at their job, it brings everybody down. It's a huge distraction. It's toxic, and it's a cancer. And if you've and if you've got someone that's productive and it has a bad attitude, I would rather take someone that's less productive with an attitude like Quadir and help them develop rather than mm-hmm. to stick with a guy who's got a bad attitude. Um, but can get the job done, right? 
Um, yeah. And Bell has done a 180 on that because I, I would be willing to bet that a lot of us have forgotten about some of those those run-ins with Bayheim coming off the floor, yeah. right? Walking away as Bayheim's trying to talk to him, stuff like yeah. that. You know, um, it's gone. And you know, we could we could go ahead and split hairs on maybe when Bayheim should have been should have retired or been replaced or however you want to say it. Um, fired. Uh, but you know, you don't know what you don't know until it happens sometimes. Right. And, and we, we all, we, you and I were, we were Bayheim. We backed Bayheim, right? There's no question about that. And, uh, hated to see him go obviously, but we always did question the, how far apart that they really were talking at one another when Bayheim was talking to these younger kids, like what kind of, you know, they really needed someone that a, a little bit younger, a little bit more energetic to be able to lead them. And I think that could be a huge part of kind of what we've seen. That's why I was a little bit surprised at Benny earlier in the year. But look at look at Benny now. You know, we're not dealing yeah. with that anymore either, right? Yeah. So, yep. anyway. All right, last one. Team has gone on great three-point shooting stretches, some poor three-point shooting stretches, and then these last two games they've really come together, had some of their best three-point shooting performances of the season. How do you keep them consistent in doing that, not just for this home stretch, but in the games beyond that as well? Keep sharing the basketball. Keep sharing the basketball. I think you know the ball, the way, the more the ball moves, you know, like anything, you know, defenses mess up. They you know they mess up anything, and. Uh, you know, you keep moving the ball, you know, the ball will find the right, the right people. And I thought, uh, you know, Judah made a really big, big play um, when he rose up. Everybody kind of was in the air, then he just kicked it out for a three. But I think you got to just keep keep moving the ball and knowing, you know, for those other guys knowing that J.J., for Judah knowing J.J.'s hot, quite air, those, are, those guys knowing that J.J.'s going, knowing that uh, J.T.'s, you know, out there and knowing where your shooters are at. And I think that can help us. Um, 22 threes in the last two games is that right yeah it's pretty good um obviously yeah. against Pitt, they were they were almost 59 percent uh yeah. and uh 37 percent though 37.5 percent ain't gonna hurt you know what i'm saying that's that's right that's still up there it's still good um even though they went oh for eight to start the second half if you don't go oh for eight to start the second half just think about Maybe you just take a few less or something. Uh, you think about what that percentage would have could have been. But anyway, they're going to have to hit shots like that to win games. I, one thing I've noticed, I mean, in, in conference play is that it's a little bit more difficult for Judah to kind of get into his real game, which I think is why Coach has given him the compliments on, on what he's done with his floor game. In, um, you know, in the assist department, 13 yesterday, and he's still scoring points, but he's got eight rebounds too. So, I mean, that's good. I mean, if he if that if he's going to be a facilitator and he's going to score when he can and he's going to throw defenses off their game, you know, trying to draw fouls and stuff like that. You know, he only got to the line five times, but um, you know, if he can't get inside, he's learned to not just chuck up threes, but to just find the open guy. And when you talk about coach sharing the ball. I mean that's that starts with Judah. Judah's the leader on that team. He's still going to be the one that's going to bring the ball up, and it's up to him to get that started. And I mean, I don't know what a difference it's been um, watching some of this offense and defense this year. It's been a pleasant surprise. So, mom, yeah, I couldn't be happier about that. 
Look, I mean, 10 points, but 13 assists. You know, I mean, usually he doesn't get those type of assists. Eight rebounds. He's close to a triple-double with two steals. Um, and, you know, he hasn't really even shot that well these last two games. But Coach has basically made a comment in uh, the post game after each game talking about how, you know, these are probably his two most impressive games as an actual floor general and as a leader. Uh, other teams, they know Jude. They know what Judah can do. And in the past, it's always been Judah kind of forcing the issue, right? Like he's going, he's going up, he's trying to get fouled. He hits the ground a lot. Sometimes he gets some no calls. They get the rebound and they're going down on a fast break, you know, where they have numbers and it doesn't bode well to stopping the ball and helping our defense. And um, you've just seen a completely different, you know, player since that blowout of North Carolina. And, you know, you see J.J. Starling shooting shooting a lot better. You see the ball movement being a lot better. You know, um, there was a couple times yesterday, Pittsburgh too, but yesterday, I mean, there was a couple times where I thought someone had a, an open three and they gave it up. I think Bell had Bell did it he, yesterday. He got a shot, right? Yeah. yeah, and then he gave it up to J.J. Starling because it was an even better shot. So, mm-hmm. And uh, that ball know, came that, from under the basket. That was an offensive rebound, I believe. I believe it was, yeah. So, I mean, we know what Malik brings to the table. You know, Chris Bell's starting to become a consistent, you know, you know, force. And now JJ, you know, we talked about him. We need we need him to to score. And he has been, you know. And then Benny and Copeland and even when Cuff comes in, he gets good minutes. So we're starting to round that out. And obviously, you know, I'm right there with you about trying to get Hema or, you know, um or Peter yeah. Carey in there and developed because Obviously, there's bigger teams um, that we don't match up as well. So, um, but yeah, dude. I mean, overall, team's growing up, and Mince is is playing great. Um, smart, but one he's playing smart, super smart. And the only, the thing is with that is is that all that's going to do now is open it up to where the next game they're going to be worried about Starling a little bit more. They're going to be worried about yeah. Copeland a little bit more, and then it's just going to allow him to get easier shots. You know, he'll be able to get. Some more. It was just like it's it's like the the swarming of the swarming of Judah. It was almost in look. This isn't an insult. I'm not trying to insult, but it was like you watch little, you watch kids basketball when they just swarm the ball. They don't know where to be, mm-hmm. and and it was like they panic and they just you know that's what that looked like. It was yeah. like you know what I'm saying. It was like they screwed themselves because they just all went for one guy. And instead of playing defense, they just tried to play kid ball. And um, it bit him in the ass. So, um, uh, look, get, talking about uh, the rebounds, you know, Syracuse, I mean, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many offensive rebounds did Pitt get? 15. 15, yeah. Yeah. And um, Miami got six. Syracuse did an awesome job on, on the boards, letting them only put up one shot at a time. Um, for the most part, and um, that was another. That was something else that I don't think was in the presser and should have been, um, because you know we've in the past few years that's been another point of contention, man. And we've seen it this year a little bit too. But I remember a few games last year, just like how many chances are you going to give this team to score by not grabbing a damn rebound? So, right. yep. um, you know, we there was. Um, many times where I was banging my head against the table last year, wondering what the hell is going on. And I meant to be doing some of this fan feedback during these, during these, uh, um, 
clips a coach, but we didn't. So, anyways, so how yeah. are we, or let's do some now. How about that? At Cusman fourteen, great win and brought back good memories of a win in the dome. At Cusmo Jimbo rebounding. These boys did a hell of a job on the glass. Yes, that's to my point. Um, yeah, excellent job. Only you know, once I looked at the box score and the game is over. I wouldn't have thought that we were only plus three, but we were only plus three. But win the battle is win the battle, and it, it doesn't matter really um, by how much most days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any one thing could have went a different way for Syracuse, who trailed the overwhelming majority of this game, and um, it could have been ugly. So, um, and I'll say, you know, the again, the free free throw discrepancy. Okay, we win that again. So, um, yeah, and and we're not usually on that side of that equation. We're usually on the opposite side of that equation, um, a lot of times. But we win that again. Just you know, with the fouls that they had, um, they had they had some to give at the end of the ha- uh, first half, and um, that's a good place to be. And coming out and playing smart in this in the second half too. Just um, yeah, not letting them get any free shots. You know. Yeah. And again, too, I mean, there were some things that, that worked out in our advantage as well. Right. You know, we didn't know that Omie wasn't going to play. True. Right. Yeah. Um, and then with George and uh, Wuga Poplar getting two early fouls, they sat majority of the first half. Um, so there were some things that definitely helped us out. And still with that, uh, you know, Nigel Pack and Matthew Cleveland had two. I mean, had hella, hella game, hella good games, dude. I mean, they were. Matthew Cleveland did some stuff out there where he was looking like an NBA player. And at one point I thought Nigel Pack wasn't going to miss for the rest of the game. So uh, um, I thought Nigel Pack was going to be gone last year, but yeah, well, surprise, surprise. Um, NIL pays <laughs> bitches. <laughs> but, but yeah, so um, that team don't get it twisted. That team's, that team's good. They're better than what they played yesterday. Um, and to be perfectly honest with you, I hope we don't see him again for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, you know, and I, I you know, to po- coach Beheim's point last year, Miami, uh, wonder what they're paying him this year. They, they paid him a pretty penny last year, that being pack. Um, I'm looking now, Miami is still a 64, uh, in the net. So they only dropped one, uh, um, with that, with, a um, loss yeah. against Syracuse yesterday. So, um, and, 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 you know, they didn't, they didn't hit the transfer portal really at all this year uh, they kind of kept who they had and um got some recruits coming in so uh, well, they probably had all those guys on contract from last year so they probably oh, didn't on. have a choice <laughs> oh gosh I, oh i love revisiting that to, to 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 make coach apologize about something that was absolutely true is just to- first of all i thought he had more of a spine than that he should have just got up there and said no i'm not apologizing for something that's true Everybody made such ACC network. Everybody made such a big deal about that. It was so dumb. At Orange up north, Q um, sure made up for not getting his shot off ahead of the buzzer at the end of the first half. Good point. Mm. I was like, "What are you doing?" It was the yeah. one dumb play I've seen. Really, like if you're pointing out a dumb play, that was the one dumb play Q's had like all year. I mean, he's had some, he's had some bad fouls and bad passes and turnovers and stuff like that. But that was. That was I'll one give, thing I, I, I couldn't. Um, I give him a pass because he got the steal, and Miami didn't get a true, chance to put one up. True, so. true. He just, 
I don't know if he was watching the clock or he just didn't no, realize it. You not. could tell he didn't realize it. But um, I think he thought he had more time. Yeah. You know what? What happens when a when a bench? You know, someone on the bench taunts you after that. Nothing happens apparently. I guess it's okay. I mean, I mean, I'm fine with it if it's okay. I'm just curious. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna assume. You know, because I mean, let's be honest. We know quite of your Copeland chirps too. He does. Yeah. That's, so I'm that's not. Why, gonna, well, well, him and, and his boy Wooga. Him, him and Popper. Yeah. Well, they had yeah, something going on. Yeah. Yeah, they did. But apparently, they they probably played in Philly together. Was probably um, the end result of that. And in when uh, when uh, Quadir was at the line, they were John, but Quadir was smiling. So they may be friendly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, he yeah, w- he's from the Philly area. They're yeah. both from the Philly area. Uh, at Orange up north went on a great game to watch. I thought the refs almost handed the game to Miami on a couple of key bad calls and no calls going down the stretch. Get glad Copeland took it out of their hands. I didn't think the officiating was that bad yesterday but i mean there was there's always something right that you can point to i feel like any if anybody gets screwed constantly it's judah mince and it's one of those things it's like you know you've got a guy that constantly gets gets the whistle and you know it becomes one of those things where human memories factor into a job that being the officiating and you know the whistles probably get a little bit looser when Jude is trying to draw fouls and it's not how it should be, but I feel like that's how it can go. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at David super after pit earlier this week, and now this amazing performance versus Miami, I think the fans in the team has put the UNC shit show, uh, debacle behind them officially, uh, moving on with momentum and confidence. Yeah. Um, I, I, they haven't let a team really get them down, uh, besides the, uh, you know, the initial game itself. They didn't never let any, they haven't let anything hang around. So, I mean, yeah, I give them credit for, for that. They're resilient and like they, like this game, dude, they could have, they were down by eight at one point, you know, they could have folded like a cheap lawn chair at some point in the second half and they just didn't, they just fought, they fought and fought and fought. And I don't know about you, Joe, but for me, uh, I was never really, I was never really that worried. E- even when, even when I think they, there was two empty trips, one by each team before the buzzer shot. I really wasn't worried then. Cause I mean, it worked out to where I felt like we were going to have the ball last. And there was something in the press or two. Um, it was asked about, you know, Something, something to do with with how you feel about this team, um, and when it comes down to to a last second um, or a last possession like that, because the shot clock was off, Syracuse had the ball. Joe, aren't you like extremely confident in this team? Whether it is Judah trying to draw a foul and get up a shot, or someone else doing something else amazing like Quadier yesterday, like it's it's it was a little bit less. Str- it was still a cardiac use game, but it was a little bit less stressful for me. I think um, when when it came down to the last like minute and a half, I, f- I felt comfortable about it. I really did, and I don't know why, but it just it, it's a different feel for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that there was a time in the second half, knowing that you know 
seeing the hat what hap, what it was at halftime and knowing that Poplar and, and George had barely played, and then there was a little you know stint there in the second half, you know somewhere around, was somewhere after the ten minute mark, halfway through, where like I said, Pack was. Pack was just hitting everything, and I think I want to say they got up to like a seven or an eight point lead uh, at one point in the second half, and I, I did actually start to get a little nervous because I thought that they were starting to find their rhythm, and we were struggling to hit shots, you know. But I think that's around the time when there was a couple bad calls, and then Autry called, um, you know, Chris Bell's number to come in, and he hit a big shot, and then. Um, and then Starling hit a big shot to get it close, and then it kind of took that away. But I thought for a second there I was a little nervous because it looked like all those guys were starting to figure it out. Um, yeah, I totally agree. We got our boy here. Let's see what our boy's got to say. Go ahead and unmute yourself, Patrick. It's, hey, can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Very loud nice. and clear. Very loud and clear. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> – Hey, great, great game, obviously. Okay, you guys probably already talked about it. Here, here's what I think. Here's what I think. Have you guys looked at the net rankings and how messed up they are? I, I bet, I, yes, I kind of noticed it a little bit, but I didn't really think about it because I feel like every year I'm a little confused by it. Well, I mean, you got Michigan State, which is, I can't, can't remember, like 11 and 7, and they're in the 20s. And I don't know what their strength of schedule is, but I don't think it's as high as ours. And it's something just seems off. And I'm not saying that it's some conspiracy against Syracuse in general. I just think that like you, you they think, got like some formulas off or something. Do it's you ridiculous? Do you think? <laughs> do you think that I'm getting over being a cold? Don't make me get, having a cold. Hey, don't me make too. me laugh. Don't make me laugh. Me too. I think me too. I, I yeah. think it was the flu because there's guys testing positive for the flu at work, and uh, I had something last week, and I can't laugh. If I laugh, I'll I might die. It's funny. Uh, okay. <laughs> so let's try to make them laugh, Joe. It's be funny anyway. Okay. Joe, yeah. Joe's not funny though. That's the thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hilarious. <laughs> There it is. There. <laughs> so, there it is. Patrick, cut it out. All right. So look, um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, they, whenever they, leave it up to the. How many times have we said leave it up to the NCAA to to ruin a good thing, right? So they have they have this this quad system put in place. It seems like it should be a basic al- algorithm across the board. Strength of schedule, wins, losses, home away, neutral. And you look at it, and it's 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 made by human hands, and the algorithm's human. But by God, you know you should be able to look at this thing and determine who all is going to enter the the field of sixty eight or, or sixty four plus four in in by looking at these numbers, right? And now we're what? How many years into this are we? And you're right; it kind of looks a little weird. We don't really know really what is going on. At one point, this whole thing was explained, but. Now we're we're so far separated from that, and you've got dude, it's corrupt. Hey, I lost you guys. Did you? Can you, how about now? There you go. Can you oh, hear? Oh, we're back. How, yeah. how much did you miss? I don't know what happened. Uh, there. Not that. Much. No, he's okay. Okay. Thirty uh, seconds. Okay. Well, um, I was saying that you have to go back and listen. But basically, yeah. what I'm saying is, is that we are far removed from the start of this thing. 
and 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 the NCAA is corrupt, and people are corrupt. <laughs> yeah. People in power are corrupt, and that power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? And yeah. and that's what you have. So when you talk about well, things look a little bit different this year, past couple of years in in the net rankings, and I don't understand anymore. There's always going to be some questions, but you know, to your point, it's just corruption. I I think. I mean, when it comes down to something visually that that you can look at and see like that, then there's probably is a problem. And I don't think it's a Syracuse thing either, Pat. It's it, yeah. it's just it's just um, you know, it's one of those things where where's the money flowing? Follow follow the money. Who knows? We'll never see the money. No, yeah, and we spoke about this this net ranking stuff too. And realistically, we know that it has a lot to do with where you start in the rankings. Um, if you're up in the the beginning, like in the front in the beginning, uh, and especially if you play against some good teams, that like you don't fall that far, you know. So if Michigan State, which again is probably, I know for a fact they have some ranked opponents in the non-conference, and then definitely ranked opponents in the Big Ten. So if they're playing against teams that are ranked ahead of them in the net, and they lose, they're not going to fall that much. Um, so. And then it has a lot to do with, you know, how many times you lose as well, which is why you see someone like a team like Princeton, who's 13 and one all the way up in the 30s. Right. So um, it seems a little flawed and just like anything else, it's not perfect, but you definitely get an advantage in the net rankings if you start up obviously higher. I want to say we started up in like the what the one forties, one fifties, or something like that in the beginning uh, of the year. You know, I I wish I I wish I checked. Joe. Yeah, we no Joe's right. We did, and that must be some sort of contributing factor. You would think that by the end of the year, though, that would change, right? Because they would get rid of the new. St- I don't know. I don't know how it works. So yeah, yeah I think it eventually kind of evens itself out. But well, look at a team like Oregon jumped like thirty points in one game. It's because they beat some scrub team by a lot. Okay, I'm looking at it right now. Texas A&M is 11-7. and seven. Okay, LSU beat the absolutely living crap out of them two weekends ago at Texas A&M. I'm looking for LSU, and I'm searching. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking through the 70s. I don't even see them yet. 90s. Uh, goodness. Is it not? You said 90s? Yeah, yeah, 90. Dang. They have the same record. 93. As A&M. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's and not a good A&M, record. That's, yeah, that's, A&M, I think, started pretty high because they were preseason ranked maybe top 15, top 20. So it must be based on where you started. It's almost like college football. Huh, interesting. Thinking of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I'll say, and VCU is a hell ahead of LSU, and and Syracuse is up to sixty nine, which I feel like is, I feel like that's, that's, I feel like that's right around where they should be. I think they should be ahead of Pittsburgh, who's sixty eight. <laughs> Looking at that too, it doesn't make much sense, but no, Pittsburgh just beat Duke at Duke yesterday. Oh, they did they, win that game. They did? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So <laughs> So so Syracuse beat Pitt twice. Does that mean Syracuse beat Duke? Uh, no, I don't think that's No, oh damn. Okay. Um 
I am I I was watching that game and what happens when I click onto a Duke game is like they'll be down and then they'll then all of a sudden they'll start to come back. So I looked at it and they were down and I switched off of it and I never went back to it. But I forgot to check it because I just assumed they were going to win because Pitt sucks. Yes. So anyway, so where did Duke go? Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, I fell asleep the other night thinking Clemson was going to beat Georgia Tech to find out they lost double overtime when I woke up. Duke dropped five spots from 14th to 19th. You kidding me? Losing at home to Pitt. That's what I mean. Like, you'd think that they'd probably lose, drop drop farther, right? 10, 15 maybe? A loss to Pitt at home? Pitt sucks. That's why why it takes a while for those teams that start on the top to fall. I mean, what's their strength of schedule like? No, who knows? You can go to those old uh, RPI or whatever it is sites to figure out strength of schedule. Yeah, we used to do that, Joe. Yeah, then I just stopped giving a shit. Syracuse is one and five in quad one, though. Three and zero oh in quad two. Three and zero oh, are five and zero oh and undefeated. Three and outside of quad one. Yeah. So, um, but I mean the three quad two wins I thought was more than that. I think one, one must have dropped out. But anyway, uh, uh, all right. I'm looking at Syracuse has the number three uh, strength of schedule in Based what on, the oh, ACC. Oh. No, but out of everyone, Purdue has number one, Tennessee has number two, and they're one and two in the RPI, and then Syracuse is 10 in the RPI. Uh, this is old, though. What this, uh, this is, I don't know if this is right. This is 2020. This, uh, <laughs> no, it says, it says 2023, 2024, but yeah, I think this website's old. That sucks. Well, it's a good point. Patrick, it's it's something to uh, definitely keep an eye on, I think. And we hadn't really been. Uh, You know, I look for the teams we're playing, and I look for us most of the time, but I don't get into uh, comparing. But, you know, when you have, like, the Duke thing, um, I don't know. I just would like it explained again. Yeah. Because I don't feel like – I used to. we used to have the definition, and um, it was pretty – convoluted to begin with it was muddy anyway and then you know here we are years later i can't remember how long we've been doing this it's been at least five years right yep five? something like that yeah so all right pat what else you uh, got that's it man all right yeah. man hopefully we get some offensive line recruits let's go we need some big boys up front let's go why don't you look up and see how many scholarships we got left Oh, I have no idea. That's even more complicated than this. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, all right, brother. Well, yep. take care, man. Good Stay talking. in touch. Hey, great win. I'm great. sure you guys were happy like I was. Yes, great, yes, sir. Great win. Great game. It was awesome. Take care, man. Yeah. See you. Everybody, bye. bye. Um, all right. Well, let's continue, shall we? That turned into a longer conversation, and it, rightfully so. Uh, I feel yeah. like it was needed. It's about time we start talking about it anyway, right? It's our introductory to it. Huh? What? It's our introduction to the net rankings from here on out since, you know, we haven't really spoken about it too much. Well, we give net rankings and we speak about it here and there, but to keep an eye on it like that, no, we haven't. I mean, I guess we're just going to have to. I would like to to see if there's any new, um, you know, reporting or anything on it like that could explain a little bit better. It's just one of those things that you're not. 
you're never going to get the answer that you're looking for. So mm. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, we can look and, and see, but um, if they want to not give you information, they're not going to give you information. Yeah. No. And they could say whatever the hell they want. Let's be honest. They could even tell us what we want to hear. Uh, you got anything on Facebook? At no Blanchard 44 amazing game. However, I did love how our offense played today. I did. I don't love how our offense played today. Kind of like Beheim's live and die by the three philosophy, but a win is a win. And I hope all the football recruits in the building had a good experience. Uh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm sure they were probably enamored by the atmosphere there. And uh, during a basketball game is even something, especially if you're up in the stands and looking around at, at how much of that stadium you actually got filled up. But yeah, twenty grand, twenty thousand. Yeah. Okay. Well, I figured it'd been a little bit more. Yeah, like yeah, pushing twenty five maybe, but. Uh. I would have liked more anyway. So at this this um, time of year in ACC play, you should be pushing twenty five. I mean, thirty. You know, you're talking. You're talking. That's a that's a ranked team coming in. That's a maybe even a a, a Friday night or Saturday night game or something. You know, but yeah, um, twenty five. It should be expected at the dome during ACC play with this team playing the way they are. I don't think. I think on any, a Saturday. On a, yeah, anything less is disappointing. But yeah. with that said. 20,000 people is a lot more than many other uh, places are pulling in, even ones that have the seats. And, you know, there's a lot of places that don't even have 10,000 seats. So, um, you know, I'm happy for that. Like I always said, though, man, I mean, the one thing, the one thing Syracuse basketball is missing is their own venue outside of the dome. Something smaller, something you know, 25,000 seat capacity, freaking monstrosity that can just right. rattle your eyeballs when the, when it gets going. Um, it'd be ultimately frustrating for anybody there. And, you know, the dome gets loud, but think about how much louder it could get if it was closed off. You have all that empty space in the back during a basketball yeah. game. That's a yep. ton. Um, yep. At, I got a. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, take over. I was gonna say I got a bunch of um, bunch of comments about the cardiac cues. You know, um, my brother said you guys did bring up that it has been a different year with no cardiac cues in the last podcast, and then they give us one. LOL, great game. Some our dome was rocking today. Uh, Amanda needs to tighten up on free throws, but that's also probably the best we've done in threes all season. Haven't needed the old cardiac cues defibrillator in a long time. So made for an exciting last few minutes and epic game finish. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of comments speaking about the cardiac cues coming back and just how great I a mean, buzzer beater is, obviously. It, it, so. it, cardiac cues coming back is only great when you win, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, so I, I'd rather, like, defer off of that. I would rather have a, a clean win or a clean loss sometimes, but... Uh, yesterday wasn't too bad. Like I said, I felt like it was, they were handling it well. Uh, They, they, they never, you know, there wasn't like sloppy turnovers towards the end of the game, which you see a lot. Syracuse only turned the ball over eight times. That's that's really good. And and if I'm not mistaken, most of those came in the first half. So uh, they did a tremendous job of, of taking care of the ball and they were uh, really, really careful with their passing and, they were getting offense, our defensive rebounds, which was which was huge. And they, the, the Miami didn't even get an offensive rebound until the second half. 
So, um, you know, like I said, though, earlier, one of those things goes a different direction. And you said Amanda, well, that was Amanda that brought up the free throws, 10 for 15. It's not great. I think that Syracuse is a way better free throw shooting team than that. But if you have a couple or one one thing go way another way, rebounds or uh, the, the foul discrepancy, if Miami gets to the line more than five times, you know, you, you it doesn't even come out into the last shot. We just lose the game. Yeah. Yeah, and and like I said before, when I spoke of you know us not thinking or not even knowing that Amir was out, and you know having two of their starters out uh, a big chunk of the first half, uh, we were lucky to get out of there with a win and um, still be undefeated at home. Uh, Miami is a good team, so again, it's still kind of in my mind stuck in a place where um, still don't know how good we are. <laughs> to me that's more of like a home game Miami's more comparable of an Oregon team and again we played Oregon where they were shorthanded we play Miami a little shorthanded uh, so again a win's a win it's not gonna you know it's it's not gonna be a blemish no one's gonna say anything about it it helps our resume but I still don't know how good we are Um, I mean I think we're that good we're beat Miami at the buzzer good that's how good we are yeah. It's a tough call, but I think we're. I think we should be able to hang with any any ACC team except for these ones like the 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 Dukes and the North Carolinas. I mean, I really do feel like that. I feel like that Syracuse can give anybody a run for their money. So, um, yeah. you know, they're just not there with those blue blood teams, it, and that's disappointing. But you know, you've got Wake in the mix this year, which is odd too. And, um, yeah, Lake Forest is, Lake Forest is doing quite, quite well. Right. Um, I mean, Wake Forest is doing a tremendous job. NC State's up there. And then you still got Florida State up there, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause they're, they're, they will get into it, but, um, two next games are huge. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, you got any more, got any more? Yeah. On so Facebook? I got Go a ahead. couple, I got two more, um, our boy Zach um, should have definitely won that game by 10 at least. Terrible shooting. I'm not sure many were watching the same game as me because the defense is the only reason we won the game. Side note, Devendorf should call more games. He was great. Yeah. I, in, um, uh, I think Andis says tell Sean to stop eating hot dogs with ketchup. Yeah. Damn. Who said that? I'm just joking. Uh, I added yeah, that. Yeah, I was Our say. boy Zach. Oh, um the uh what was i gonna say you totally sidetracked me uh what was the Steven last Dorf called yes me. okay so look um i liked it i liked it you can tell that he's got that orange bias a little bit it's probably a little frustrating for people but uh you know there was one whole broadcast that he was uh calling with someone and he just kept saying we us and uh you know, you got to imagine that if you're the opposing team fan and he's talking we, us, and he's calling the game. Uh, I mean, thankfully, he's not out there in a, in a striped shirt, but still, it could be frustrating. I mean, think Corey Alexander. Like, golly. I mean, does it get it more agonizing than Corey Alexander, who was supposed to be there instead of Eric Devendorf yesterday? So, um, Yeah, I know. He, like, <laughs> stepped in. He didn't even know he was going to be on there. Like, yeah. Yeah, he, he came off the bench. I was, uh, uh, that's what, uh, what's his name? Kevin something. I don't know. Uh, Accuse Waterboy. 
<laughs> Hell of a game by our guards, JJ Mintz, and of course Copeland with the buzzer beater and a dog pile into the crowd. The committee doesn't care that it takes a buzzer beater. The buzzer are the, to beat the lesser team, but they care when you lose it. Keep building and stacking those dubs. I still think that um, Miami's got a really good shot to be better in the ACC. Um, I know that it's not looking great for them right now, and they really needed to have that game. And you've got uh, uh, Omir out, so and I, I, I didn't wasn't wearing a boot or anything, so expect him back. And like Joe said, uh, last thing we want to do is play them again with him. Cause I don't know if you saw him sitting on the on the bench there, but he's a giant dude. So <laughs> he's not like tall, tall, but he. I mean, he's it would strong, he would have made an impact. Dude. I mean, he's dude. He's six seven, two forty. He's strong. Yes, he's a yeah. big dude. Very good around the basket too. Um, and he can shoot. He's got a jumper. So any anyway, we got when I when that was announced at the beginning of the game, I was like, oh my gosh, let's go. Let's take advantage of that. And we still struggled. So, um, anyway. uh, Top fan Jesse, he's got a couple comments. He's got one, two, and three. So, I'm going to read one, which is a question, but I'm going to read two and three, and then we could just hit up one. Um, He says, I assume GMAC is the shooting coach. If so, he's done a phenomenal job this year. Brown, Q, and JJ have improved their shooting tremendously. Hopefully he can work with JT and get him going soon. What are y'all thoughts on benching JT until we play an easier team like, let's say, Louisville, and then playing him like 35 minutes to try and get him going? That's the question. And then his other two comments. Number two, was banging the Cope drum all last year? He's super fun to watch. He will be my next jersey I, I buy. And number three, I think Coach Beheim said something like combo guards are just guards that aren't good enough to be point guards. Glad to see Judah turning into a point guard and starting to facilitate. Yeah, the 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 facilitating is we talked about it. I'm not going to get into it again, but um, he's done a tremendous job, and he and that's his that's his backup plan. But the better he gets at that, that's just going to be another layer of what he can do, even when he can get inside. So, yeah. I mean, he's just making himself better when he can't do what, exactly what he wants to do. And he he lacked that last year. He was doing the Tyus battle, carry the team on the shoulders type stuff last year. But, but some of that also, too, is your teammates. Because your teammates aren't moving, too. I mean, it's true. Been, it, was, it was lazy. Even, yeah. Even in, well, even in the beginning of this year, there was times in some games where you, you saw a lot of people just standing around watching Judah and not really moving without the ball. Um, and obviously I feel like their offense and, and some players' confidences and being able to score in, in certain ways have, have gone up, and, and we've obviously gotten better offensively. And, you know, just the way that he can only – he can go and score 10 points in a game, shoot three at 13, but still have 13 assists, damn near a triple-double. Um, you know, that's that's you, you're seeing him mature and grow as a player as well. So – yeah. Oh no. We we see it. Like I said, we see the growth every game. In the in the, in X spaces over here, Nadal says, "Let's go, Pitt." He must have, he must have said that after uh, after we talked about them beating Duke. But yeah, I I can't yeah. I can't Nadal. I can't go there, bud. I can't go there. <laughs> as much as as much as I hate Duke, I will, you'll never hear me say, "Let's go, Pitt." I, I it might be one of those weird situations where it has to come down to that at some point. I don't even know if I'll say it then. But my gosh, I mean. I, I just I hate Pitt and I hate Boston College. I hate Notre Dame, and those are my that's my hate bundle right there. Um, 
Oh, you'll never catch me saying that. But good win for Pitt. And I and in in good on them for waxing that ass. Because No, at this do, point it don't matter. Yeah, I hope exactly, Pitt, I hope Pitt wins as many as they want. That's We've true. already played them twice. Exactly. It's only gonna make us look better. Right, exactly. And they're ahead of us in the net somehow. I guess that Duke <laughs> win just throttled them forward. Uh, by the way, uh, let's see how. Let's just real quick. Let's see how many that throttled them forward. They they went from eighty two to sixty eight after that after that Duke win in the net. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's well, kind of big time. Oh, so the question, you know, I, I'm not real sure uh, about benching JT just yet, but I'm telling you right now that it's probably being thought about. Um. Not being thought about, then I don't think that I'd question. I would question our coaches if it yeah, wasn't being thought yeah. about. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where what is he doing in practice? You know, we've we've questioned decisions before, and like you said, it doesn't it it doesn't come down to who starts because mm-hmm. you can start and play at the most maybe four minutes, right? Unless there's a timeout called, so it doesn't matter. I mean, he he. If he can get the get to start and go out there and see what he can do, but you know it's going to be coming down to um, you know someone deserving some more time, and um, you know you've got all kinds of things going on at center too, which is the bigger issue. But I mean, I'm just waiting for uh, him to come out. He hasn't really he had that one game. Was it the game against Colgate that he was really good? There was I can't remember. There was one game earlier this year where he was really good. But that was it. And it was obviously a little bit forgettable because I don't even remember what game it was. Um, what, what else did he have? That was it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, he was just asking about benching, you know, Justin Taylor. Okay. Well, what, so. a, what, a, what, about, uh, what about Florida State then? What do we think? The all-time series between the Seminoles and the Orange sits at 10-6 and six in favor of Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse, they've taken the last two in three of the last four. Last year, 76-67, the win with Mince, Gerard, Edwards, Bell, and Brown. And you're starting five, Gerard with 26 points, and Edwards with 12 rebounds. Uh, the Syracuse Orangemen and Florida State Seminoles first met in 1990. The Orange won the first of the first three games in the series. The Seminoles would beat Syracuse in the first round of the 1997 NIT tournament. The two teams would not meet again um, for 17 years until Syracuse joined the ACC in the 13-14 season. The unranked Orange would upset number 6 Florida State in January of 2017 with Gillen. A 21-point game, 11 assists, and Tyler Lydon, strong defense, gave uh, the team six blocks and 11 rebounds and led Syracuse to the victory, all of that according to orangehoops.org. The Knowles are sitting at 11-7, and 5-2 and two in the ACC. They're currently on a five-game win streak, which that in those five games, they all came from the ACC. They were Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, and Miami. So they suffered an 11-point loss at home yesterday to Clemson. Uh, I watched a good chunk of that game. It was pretty. Um, it was a good battle as, as as far as I could see. And then uh, I figured uh, Florida State was going to handle it, but they didn't. Uh, the rotation for FSU is extremely deep. This one thing that's uh, they're going to have a lot of fresh legs out there. They got 12 guys that are averaging at least 10 minutes plus a game. So 
Um, they're led by Jameer Watkins, uh, transfer from VCU. This is first year with the Seminoles, six seven junior forward. He leads FSU in rebound uh, points per game with thirteen point two, rebounds at five point eight, assists at three point one, and steals at one point five. So um, he's fourteen of forty eight from three. That's good enough for twenty nine point two percent. Darren Green. Junior, he's the guy that they've got behind the arc. He's averaging 12.3 points a game. He's 42.5% from the floor, but 40.4% from three. Um, he's a fifth-year senior. It's his second year with Florida State after transferring from USF. And um, he's also leading the team in average minutes per game with 31. So he gets a lot of playing time. And Primo Spears is 6'3 guard. He started a little bit late this year. He had uh, due to some uh, due to an injury, but he's still averaging 11.4 points, and he's been coming on lately. His uh, career started with Duquesne, and then he went to Georgetown, and now he's with Florida State. So, um, yeah, I remember from Georgetown. Yeah, he's maybe he's found a home at Florida State, but I thought there was a double transfer rule. But I mean, I guess the oh coach left Georgetown, <laughs> so you could probably get an exemption there. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, th- so. Those are the only guys averaging double j- digits per game in the scoring column. But like I said, they got 12 guys. Um, as a team, they're shooting 43.9% from the floor, 69.2% from the line, and 32.6% from three. I want to go back real quick. That game in 2017, what's funny is I was just thinking about that as, as I mentioned it. Um, we covered that. That's how stupid long we've been around is we actually i remember that game and we actually covered that game here on the show so um <laughs> that's weird uh that that was in the the history of that so anyway um joe a deep team they're gonna be able to keep some fresh legs um like i talked about earlier syracuse kind of running a seven-man rotation right now and uh that's one worry but um obviously darren green Junior is a is a worry, but the way that Syracuse has been be, been able to protect the arc, I feel like um, that's not really a huge concern of mine anymore, and because they've done such a good job, and plus they really only have Darren Green from behind the arc, so um, th- this team has been really good, Florida State, and they've been questionably not so good, so it kind of depends on what team shows up. And us having home court advantage, I got to imagine that, you know, that bodes well for us. So what do you think, Joe? Um, yeah, I mean, being at home, obviously, we were, we're undefeated there this year. So that, you know, gives you a little bit better of a feeling when it comes down to that. But, you know, this is – those are like the, the most consistent guys, right? Darren Green, Jameer Watkins, like you spoke about, you know, those are the most consistent guys. Primo Spears has been pretty good off the bench. Um, but you know, they got, like you said, guys all over the place, you know, Deontay green is also in the starting lineup. He's a six, nine sophomore along with Baba Miller, who's six eleven. who he's got the, I think the third most three pointers, um, is a six eleven guy, uh, made for their team. So, uh, they're bigger than a lot of the teams that we have played, you know, in the ACC. And, and they also have, you know, between Jalen Ganey, uh, which is a, a graduate transfer from Brown and Cam Corin and uh, Taylor Bowen. Like those are three guys that are six ten, coming off the bench. Um, so again, not having Naheem and not having a steady, confident group of centers that can come in and, and you know that you have the height advantage and that you can compete. Um, you know, Malik Brown's going to have to stay out of foul trouble. 
Uh, Benny Williams and some of the other guys are going to have to play a lot bigger um, than what they are. And, um, yeah, that's really kind of my only worry. Um, they don't really – like you said, they only have a couple guys that are three-point shooters. My worry is is the aggressive defense that they'll play with, you know, all the subs kind of just like us, but the size as well. So, well, this, um, this, this, rebounding is really, really a big – rebounding, and, and we need some key guys to stay out of foul trouble if we want to be able to continue to be undefeated at home I mean, this you, year. You'd have to imagine that you're going to have to get uh, Ahima. Uh, you're going to have to get maybe a Peter Carey in there to – get some height on some of this because um, you don't want Malik Brown down there getting himself in foul trouble. If he gets in foul trouble early, we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, you can recover against Pitt. You can recover against Miami, but um, probably not here. I mean, just like the same, you know, there's a couple other teams. You know, I mean, you look at Clemson, you wouldn't be able to do it there either. The, so those are the ones I worry about. So, yeah, rebound's going to be a factor. I, didn't even, I mean, obviously – should have thought about that, but I didn't. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's to a me, tough one. Me, that's it's, one of the biggest. They, ones. They've they've been they've been beat, and um, obviously, pretty much everybody has. But they went on a five game win streak in the ACC. So Wake Forest being one of them. Yeah, and I mean that's the best team they played there. But um, that's not easy to do. And three of those were on the road. Or no, excuse me. Two of those were on the road. Three of them were at home. The first three were at home. Two were on the road. So, right. Um, but they did lose at home to Clemson. Clemson beat them at home. So, anyway, um, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But you know, this is gonna be a good test for for Syracuse. I feel like, like you said, you know, you look at this game, Joe, and you look at NC State coming up, and and if we could take one of these games, I'm gonna be happy. And oh I, yeah. I guess probably the best chance would be Florida State. <laughs> so uh Yeah, I mean they're both the, home games for us though. Yeah, they're both home games for us. Both these teams are five and two. They were five and one, so I mean they both lost yesterday. And uh I'm probably sure that they're ready to get back to their winning ways. You know, Florida State is just they're tough to gauge at eleven and seven overall because, you know, they went through, you know, a four game losing stretch and you know, they had that game where they you know, lost by 21, you know, at Florida and they lost to Lipscomb. Um, so, but when I look at them and their team and, and, you know, their defensive ranks and analytics and their offense, then we both, uh, both of our teams look very, very similar type teams, except for, you know, they're a little bit bigger. Um, but at the same time, they have kind of more bad losses. You know, I don't think we have a bad loss. So, be, uh, besides the they, height, though, they've they've only got they've really got three main guys that are really good. You, you take oh, out the yeah. height, and you're looking at three guys. Right, but the reason why I bring it up so much, and, and and part of it is because of you know the 19 offensive rebounds that North Carolina had, the 15 offensive rebounds that Pittsburgh had. Like, you know, um, that height can yeah, that's a give problem. them second opportunities. Right, yeah. they can get get points. Get a rebound around the basket and maybe get an easy putback. Um, so it's that kind of stuff that I worry about more more than that. You know, I don't think that they have a whole bunch of guys that are going to be you know seven foot and got a post a post game that's going to make Malik Brown look dumb. But if they could play two or three guys and they're all kind of the same size as Malik, and we got to try to 
match up with that, then sometimes that's difficult. And we've proven to give up some offensive rebounds against teams that are a little bit bigger. So, um, so yeah, uh, otherwise I think we're very comparable. I think in the analytics, when you look at the net and you look at Ken Palm, uh, we're still ranked higher than them. I'm sure that's because of some of their bad losses, but it seems like, like you said, their, their five game win streak and, you know, they lost to a good Clemson team who was trying to chomp back and <laughs> chomp at the bit to try to get a win because they probably didn't think they should have lost to Georgia tech the other day. Um, but Florida state is getting better. And, uh, you know, you spoke of Primo Spears having an injury and a couple other guys, you know, they were shorthanded early on. And now I think they're trying, they're starting to get their, their flow and, and, you know, who plays with what and their lineups together. And, uh, they're playing a lot better. So. All right. Well, it's that time, Joe. They're playing better, yeah. That they've, yeah. They're not. I mean, Florida, they're, they're playing better. Is all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, um, it's that time. You know, you must have won. Well, yeah, we said we weren't going to keep track, but I did. I had seventy-eight to seventy-five, so I had the spread on. I just had the score off. I wish I would have said Copeland with a three at the buzzer. That would have been some shit. I said huh? higher, right? Yeah. You you had eighty one seventy four Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, Dave David says, uh, did you already talk about watching the game on your phone at the kid's birthday party? Let me tell you about how agonizing that birthday party was. <laughs> <laughs> it was I supposed to be laser tag in a park. Well, yesterday was freezing, freezing, and this is a wide open park with water on on the water, water in the back. And uh, wind was just whipping off there. So what we ended up doing, I've only met these people once. My wife was working. What they ended up doing is saying, okay, well, we'll play laser tag at, at the house, in the house. And so I was the only one there that didn't know anybody. And I'm thinking to myself, well, how awkward would it be if I just sat on this couch and watched this game on my phone? Because I really have nothing else to do anyway. So I'm trying to mingle. And the whole time I'm like, you know what? If I can get away from here and watch this game on my phone, then I'll just I can just hide in a corner. No one will ever know. But um, it was way too awkward to try because it, it wasn't like one of those birthday parties. It was like a birthday party somewhere, like Apex or, or one of these laser tag joints. It would have been totally different, but it wasn't. It was at someone's house. <laughs> so it sucked, bro. It game. sucked. It was from eleven to one. And I said to myself, well, I'm out of here at 1. I told I told Cole, I'm like, yo, bud, we're out of here. 1 o'clock, we're done. Nope. 1.30. I was pissed. Anyways, um, I, it was the first time in a very long time I, I did not go even check the phone for the score, which I do sometimes. Uh, but I did not want anything ruined for me. So I just I basically shut my notifications off when I got home and just watched it. But it was nice. I know why you do it now, Joe. Not that you are late to everything anyway. Even I'm gonna be late to my funeral. Even so. even the even an SU game. But I will say though, it is nice going in the YouTube TV library, pulling that bitch up, and just being able to fast forward yep. to everything and get to all the action at once, and not have to worry yep. about waiting around. So, um, yep. and fast forwarding halftime was tremendous. So yes, um, absolutely. Okay, let's see. We I digress. Um, Look, until Syracuse drops an egg at home, badly, that is, I, I'm still going to have faith in the home game th- thing because uh, I feel like 
I feel like it's um, it's helped them a lot. I think they they you got those guys out there. They feed off of the feed off of these fans. Man, you can tell, dude. You can tell how hyped. I mean, especially Quiet Ear. I mean, I keep going to Quiet Ear because he's so uh, animated about yep. everything all the time you know and um he, mm-hmm. it's just it's just I, there's probably nothing like it for these guys so i'm gonna pick a win now um you know minus the rebounds which is joe's scared me on i'm, I'm gonna say 73 and i don't know if we win that battle but if we can keep it close i think we can win the game because they're not like a high high scoring team they're right in, they're in the high 70s right so i mean and and um Miami was in eight, like 83. They averaged like 83 points a game coming into this game. And we held them to 69. So I'm going to say 73, 65, Syracuse. And I, don't, I think they kind of cruise to victory. Uh, it's probably, probably going to play the foul game a little bit, something like that. What do you think, Joe? Okay. Well, I think actually the opposite – I think we're both on opposite sides of the spectrum from this game to the last game. Um, I think it's a little bit, you know, around the same score, but I think it's going to be closer. Um, I do agree with you. I hope, I mean, we're on ESPN two. The students are back 7 PM, 7 PM Tuesday, right on a Tuesday. So hopefully we can get some, you know, around 20 there again. And, uh, you know, hopefully the, the, the fans and the, and the students will be loud for ESPN, and so you know it comes you know off the TV good. But also too, I'm, I want to look at. There's a lot of times where I thought, you know, yeah, it was loud, but I thought it could have been louder. And I think that there's certain times where you know sometimes the, the the players need to. And I'm I don't think it should be like this, but I'm just saying, you know, put Hoist your arms up, up Hoist try it to up. get the yeah. fans right, try to get yeah. them a little bit more hyped. Like you Joe Girard used to do that a lot. Right. Yeah. A lot. But I think Buddy used to do it too, right? So like um and you know, the thing is is that, you know, you get a good game, you get a good entertaining game, the fans are into it. If you do that, then they're gonna listen. You know, you look off to the you look off to the fan, you know, the crowd or whatever, and you start putting your arms up trying to get them going. It's not like they're just gonna sit there and look at you like you're crazy, you know what I mean? They're gonna they're gonna start cheering for them. Right. So you know, I'm I'm looking for that to, you know, you know, players to get because they play well enough obviously and exciting enough to, to keep the the fans in it but sometimes you know some 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 people need a little extra push um yeah. and i think that there's definitely um definitely a little extra you know decibel we can go here in that in that dome and be a little bit louder um but no i think it's going to be a little bit closer i think that the seminoles they play real tough defense like us you know they're physical um and uh i think it's gonna be a tough physical game I think it's going to be closer on the end of uh, still picking Syracuse win, but Syracuse 71, Florida State 69. Okay. Well, it's close to the score yesterday. And I I had 71 at first, too. I didn't know what I was going to pick for for, for uh, Florida State, but I had 71 at first, too. And I'm like, wow, well, he scored 72 yesterday. So, anyway. Um, okay. What was I going to say? Oh, the crowd. Right, so the game starts. Okay, and um, I think Florida State. We clapped for five or, minutes. Not Florida State. It was it was three minutes, but it felt like five. It might have felt like ten if you're doing it. And then the the the, the one broadcaster goes, and now the fans can finally sit down. 
like, it's like it's like what everybody's thinking. It's like now they can sit down. Like it's not how it should go. I know David loves it. I know David loves the stand and clap. But golly, man, time <sighs> to ditch the stand and clap. And I wish I had more clout because I definitely would. I would definitely start a start a something. To stop the stand and clap and come up with something else. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, what if we do it the opposite? That's what I'm saying, right? Like, sit down and be quiet till we hit the first shot. And then as soon as we hit the first shot, then stand up and start cheering. And then don't sit down for a little while. The rest of the half. No. <laughs> for the rest or, of or, the... Or, or as soon as it's tipped... For the first tipped, five minutes. As soon as it's tipped, you make as much noise as you possibly can. Especially if... If or look, all right, here missed opportunity. Air ball yesterday, we got we got an air ball uh, one time. It was clear <laughs> one time, one time. Okay, you yeah. do that anywhere else in the league in the conference, They're and every the, time the that player touches the ball, it's going to be a clear, unanimous air ball, air ball. Like, let's get on that program. Let's get on that program. I don't know what it's going to take. I know it's probably difficult to corral 20,000 people into doing the same thing and learning what to do. But by God, man, it's freaking time to have some damn tradition started and do some of these things that are – you sit at home, you watch 20 kids in the zoo shout airball, and it just makes your blood boil. What about 20,000? Let's do it. That's something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, it's the, the clap is, I mean, half the people stand up and they don't even clap, right? And then no one knows how to keep it in cadence. So you're always like, you know, and it's a half-assed clap and then people start speeding it up and then you're like off and then you got to like start over again, you know, and it's just not even that loud. It's like, weird to I mean, clap it's just, and then go, yay, and then sit down. It's just <laughs> weird. It's like, oh, you've done enough. Now yeah. I'm going to sit on my hands for the next eight minutes. I don't know. Yeah. Because oh, it's just one of those things where it's like, I mean, I've been there, right? Where it's like one of those things where you're sitting there and you're like, why am I clapping? Like, we're not playing good. We've sat here for four straight minutes. We're in the, the under 16 timeout. We still haven't, you know what I mean? Like, there's been times where Oh, it's, yeah. It's been bad. And you're standing and you're clapping and it's like, dude, I mean, this... you're you're tiring out the crowd before the game even starts. Yeah, and they're all standing it's... and they're, well, I mean. The players. It's... Think about the players. Like. Do you ever think a player has ever thought, my God, sit down. <laughs> sit down already. Okay? You're making me nervous. Making I don't even know ner- what you're clapping this about. This is too much freaking pressure. Nothing's right. happened and you're clapping. Stop. I'm sure. Anyway. All right. I just wonder. I just wonder. I know it's rant. It's a rant, but like, it's like I always wonder if there's people that think that stuff. Like if there's students that show up to the game and they're like, why would have an this? open conversation like why do we do this like this doesn't even make any sense well it's just part of the tradition but the, the, i mean the change like, would have to start in the student sector this change has to start with Otto's army they, they could uh, they could change it well they, they, but they, they just but they'd have to make something like what's the matter with just starting the game just watching and just cheering when something good happens. Imagine that. I don't know. Like, I don't know. What would we do? Because it, what do I do with my like, hands? You need to like come up with something different to do from the beginning now. Because if you don't, 
then all the old heads are going to be like, well, I guess we're just we're clapping again, right? <laughs> like we're doing this thing. So, like, I mean, I don't know. It's weird because, like I said, I've, I'm diehard fan. I love going to those games. But there's times where I'm like, I feel forced in the beginning of the, the game to stand and you're clapping. And sometimes you don't. You're not clapping at a good product. And then they finally do score, and you're like, ah, about time. And you sit down. Finally, I can sit down. Like, I don't know. It just, I feel like it's. You, you feel forced, Joe, because you are. You either don't do it, or you're that <laughs> asshole that's sitting down, and everybody's wondering, why is this guy sitting down? He's <laughs> what does he not know? Hey, it's, bud. It's like, you know what the deal is? <laughs> you know what time like, it is? It's like, like I don't if know. you're not in a wheelchair, then you should be standing up, right? I mean, right. It's, I don't know. I don't know how you end that. I'm gonna tell you what right now, man. It's gonna end. I just don't know how. It'll happen. I think we. I think we need somebody to just show up, just take a damn right in the beginning of the game, right a microphone right in the middle of the damn court, and be like, "Hey, we're ending it today. We're not gonna do this anymore." S- something. Yeah, I mean, it's what it's going to have to come down to. It's 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 the student section is the only is the only entity that could do it. I mean, I just like it's to your point though. Like all the thing, like airball, airball every single time, right? I mean, there was times, wasn't it Pittsburgh when they would like look things up about people and they would like yell things at like the free throw line and stuff. It was it was Duke. It's Duke still. They they are maybe not as much as they used to, but they used to scout the other team. That was uh, that was the one um, you, you know, they had uh, that started the Trevor Cooney si- autographed a picture for his girlfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> remember? Yeah, that, that yeah. was Duke. That was Duke's yeah. student section. And, and mm-hmm. hats off to them for that because it's it's just that stuck with Trevor Cooney to 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 right now. I mean, I'm talking about it. So. Right. You know, there's, there's a, yeah, they used to look up things about the players and, um, and they had different, they would do different things every time a player did something or missed a shot or went to the foul line and they would yell things. And you, if it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of collaboration to do, but I mean, that's what a student section supposed to do. You know, I, I, we've talked about the zoo and back in the day, how, really obnoxious they were just with their just with how just their volume alone and then the air ball stuff you know started a few years ago and and whoever touched the ball and that spread i mean pitt's the first team i remember doing that the air yeah, ball and just, following the player every time they touched the ball so right there, there's, i mean i get it there's just no effort it. put into it sometimes for us i feel like they just right, feel like twenty thousand people is going to be loud it's enough. not even the student section it's like this is crap that fans that from the community know. So the student section section could stop. Everyone else in the three hundreds, they're still going to do it unless they're told. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would be like, oh, it's "Well, how do you get time. an orange out, Joe? How do you get an orange out?" It's promoted. It's you obviously it's, it's don't on, go to social it's media. It's because... on social media, <laughs> but I, that's how you get an orange out. It's 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 well, that's probably we on, that's on tickets. Out? Yeah, it was supposed to be an orange out yesterday. Oh, I think I think it's on tickets. To, by the way, it? if I remember right. I know. That's the other thing. So that's a bad example. But yeah, we're uh, not good at taking directions, I guess. Yeah, well, you know. I you know, you want an answer for me on how it happens, I would have to say the student section needs to get organized and need to do something. And like I said, the the whole scouting report of the players, 
it takes a would take a ton of effort. It's not even what I'm looking for. I'm just looking. Yeah, I'm just, just looking for something. I mean, just obnoxious. The By the way, it, you know where they put our students, right? Exactly. But where they put our students is piss poor, and that again comes down to the design of the actual facility that they're in because they're on a football field. Right. So there's a lot. There's a huge buffer there on most sides, except for, um, you know, they push the court right up against there and everything, but. You know, how do you how do you line it? You know, how do you get the students closer? Like, like what Duke does, they line the whole floor with them. We've talked about a hundred times. There's there's different dynamics though. Is my point that go into be it obnoxious, and one of them's placement of the students, and our students aren't placed in the right spot. No, they're not. And I think that the football actually, I read something about football taking taking care of that. I think yeah. that Fran Brown's making the change to where the student section's going to be um, down beyond i think but behind a, a goal post in one of the end zones mm-hmm. so uh they're going to be changing that seeing how that works but yeah i mean realistically even that psychology of it if you want to look at it and think about it in logic i mean think about it we are standing up and clapping before anything is even done before anything twice <laughs> twice right, a game right twice a game we're doing this right and at the end of the day we're motivating our fans to sit down and to stop cheering. Like if you really think about it, right? You ever think of players like, I don't know if I want to make a shot because as soon as I make a shot, these guys are just going to sit down and be quiet. There's gotta- I mean, it's just, you know, you know what I'm saying though? Like we're motivating our fans to be like, oh, finally, sit down. And now we're just sitting on our hands for the next freaking half. Have Hopefully you- it's a close in the second half and we might get a little fired up. Have you ever been to a game or watched a game? I, I'd say both both for me, where when you sat down, you were relieved, or that when you were watching it, when they sat down, you were like, finally. Like, yeah. Like, not just the shot, but finally. They just, they're done. Yeah. Right. You know, it goes yeah. on so long sometimes that the the, the announcers take notice, and like, and the, the crowd's still standing and clapping because Syracuse <laughs> hasn't scored yet. It's like, yeah. well, that's weird. Why are they standing Meanwhile, and clapping and so not scoring? Like, My arms are going to fall off. What is going on? <laughs> People are passing out. You make a shot. Can uh, we can we count free throws? Can we count free throws? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. No. Exactly. No, like, we can't count free throws. That's not fair. No, um, yeah, it's come see, down to that I too just, before. I don't like this game. This yeah. game isn't fun anymore. It's not fun anymore. It was fun maybe back in the this? day. It was something How unique. About this? But I'll sit down and I'll get up and cheer when they make a basket. It's a really good idea. You know, maybe, maybe even when the other team's on offense, I'll maybe scream and be a little loud. Yeah, I think opening tip, the other team gets the ball in the opening tip. You, They just need to be loud, period. Like, yeah. you know. Because we're cheering for them. Yeah. Because we're technically clapping even when the other team has the ball. Yeah, maybe. We, Until we make a basket. Like I said, you know, or, you know, like we've said, reverse it. But either way, um, we'll see what we can do. There's got to be more people than 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 us that hate it, but there's a lot of people like David out there who love it. I just think that there's a better logical answer. Like when you really start to break down, I'm what just are the kidding. Benefits? David. David hates it. What, by the way, he already he the, already told me. What are the mouth. benefits? Oh yeah. <laughs> what do go ahead? What? Go I'm ahead. just saying. What are the benefits when you really start to break it down logically, psychologically, all that stuff? What are the benefits? Um. There's not a benefit that I've seen, but um, 
it's just tradition. I guess if they're trying to have tradition, they're just, it was one of those things. Like, what other tradition is there? And I'm not bagging. I am. I well, am. I mean, I'm kind of bagging. Too, it's, it's also things, too. It's like there's been times where I've been like, we've gotten there. It's late. You know what I mean? Like, the game's about to start. You want to grab your, you know, your, your dome beers and you know, some nachos and this, this, and that, you know, and you get up there and you want to just sit down and watch the game and maybe eat your nachos or something. But it's like, oh, nope. Got to stand up and clap as my nachos get cold. Uh, I mean, I just, eh. I've had, I've had bad, I mean, I've had some experience, like there's been times where I've been like, screw this. Mm. What are the dome police going to come and escort me out because I'm not clapping? Hey man, stand up. (laughs) Stand up, man. Usually they're telling me to sit down when I go to the dome. Oh yeah, exactly. They'll tell you to stand up because you're not clapping and this, this, and that. Then they'll sit down for the rest of the game. Meanwhile, I lose my voice by the fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, they're telling you to sit down. They can't see. It's like... Yeah, then they're yelling at me because I'm screaming I'm all crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right, well, that was a podcast in itself. I think we're way over our allotted time for the month. So, um, Uh holy cow, dude. Yes, we are. Golly. Okay. All right. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go fast. Um, You still got two and a half hours before your team plays their playoff game. Let's go Buffalo, David. Where's my Bills fans at? It doesn't matter. Whoever wins, loses next week. (laughs) Look, there's, there's very few teams I hate more than Kansas City. So, Okay. Uh, Fair. That's that's where my head's at right now, and then uh, that's it's fine. So whoever deals with Baltimore will deal with Baltimore. Hopefully, it's the Bills. Uh, not we'll see many, what happens. Not too many teams have dealt well with Baltimore. I but, know, yeah. I know. They're uh, that quarterback there. He's something else, huh? Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, and, uh, and, and anyway, NFL's already leaked it, right? Did they? What are you talking about? The color thing. Oh, there was the color thing, and then there was something else somewhere. Something that announced that, like, the, whoever was going to be singing during the Super Bowl. Oh, um, was it Reba McIntyre? Reba McIntyre and yeah. Usher and someone else will be singing during the San Francisco-Baltimore Super Bowl. Oh, shut up. <laughs> that did not happen, did it? I mean, it's out there on social media, not to say that it wasn't like I don't know, man. You I know mean, how every, all that stuff Politics is. is rigged. Freaking uh, sports everything. is rigged. What do we got left? What do we got left after that? Nothing. We're just living in a Truman show, man. Pay your taxes. Is this, a, is this, is this a, the Matrix? What the hell? Anyway. Pretty much. Okay, well. As long as Syracuse wins championships anytime soon, then I guess it's okay. I don't know. Um, Okay. All right. That's going to do it for us, everybody. We appreciate the hell out of you, especially those of you inside the spaces. All right. Who hung in there? Syracuse women, 16 and 2. 16 and 2. Okay. So they took took Pitt. Um, Look for them to be ranked tomorrow. And if they're not, then... Someone should, someone should say something about that, because that ain't right. For Joe, Sean, Ralph.